0: Hello, and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today is a really fun day for me. I have a great guest. When I met this person, it was, oh my God, I think we were separated at birth. She was just like my long lost sister. I have the great pleasure of welcoming the Chief Marketing Officer of EXP World Holdings, Courtney Shakarin to the show today. Courtney, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here.
1: Thank you so much, and you're absolutely right. We were twinning when we first met. It's so <laughs> fun to be here with you.
0: It was, it was a true twin experience. And you know, uh-huh. we haven't even met in person yet. Just imagine the fireworks then. We're just gonna adopt each other. We already have, actually.
1: <laughs> you're absolutely right.
0: <laughs> so Courtney, I'm gonna jump right into this. You have just an amazing amount of experience in both, you know, the housing and the financial sectors, which is probably one of the reasons that we connected so well, because that was my background as well. But, you know, you've worked at CoreLogic, at GE, and, and, and even a FinTech startup. And your clients have ranged from, you know, like top lenders like Chase and TD Bank and, and, and some of the largest retailers in the world, like Amazon and Walmart. Can you please share a macro view of your career trajectory? Because that's a lot with the listeners, please.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you can you can look back 20 years and you can kind of go, oh, yeah, there there was some kind of something thematic about my career. But you know what? While you're going through it, you don't really realize it, right? And I, I think that if I take a look at, at where I am now with, with eXp and and being able to work at what I think is one of the most interesting and actually one of the best run companies that I've ever been at, there are things that brought me to the place I am. And I I think it is very much based on kind of the laws of attraction and things that I was very interested in. So if you you go back 20 years, um, I was in school and I was very focused on marketing, I thought it was one, a great way to be able to learn the best communication skills, I felt like it was super connected with sales, and there was something about the function of marketing that I was very invested in from a very early stage. I do believe that there are people that you meet that change the trajectory of your career. right? And I happened to meet um, a, a person who led the marketing department, Tom, Dr. Tom Jensen from the University of Arkansas who really had an influence on me. So I kind of grew my passion for marketing while I was going to school. Um, And what drove the next stage of my career was I decided to work at GE predominantly, and I spent about 15 years there, because I recognized getting out of MBA school that it had some of the best training in the entire world. And I was very interested in working and learning. And one of the things that I first was drawn to, and you'd mentioned, you know, working with Walmart and others, I really liked the concept of of retail, but I was fascinated by how retailers were trying to work with GE Capital on financial services products. So an example of this would be, you might have a, a Lowe's or a Brooks Brother or a Gap, a Nana, Old Navy, you'd have about 25 large retailers and they wanted to be able to provide credit cards to their customers so that they could understand how their customers were spending, but also offer them some of the best rewards for their loyalty, right? And as I was going through the process of launching these credit cards, which is a marketing activity, right? It's a private label credit card for retailers. I became very interested in how to do it faster, right? And one thing I learned is that digital assets, like the ability to apply online, really expedite the ability for somebody to be able to apply for credit. And so within the first, I'd say four or five years, I started to become very interested in how I could bring things to life online. That was a big trend in my career. And so you can see very quickly, I'm very focused in consumer finance and digital. Um, but what really was a was a pivot point for me is I was contacted by a company that was a property data company named CoreLogic. And I became very interesting next in housing, right? So if you think about housing at large, there's a lot of different components. It's everything from real estate, rental, insurance, mortgage, capital markets, GSEs. And there's something very interconnected about this. And it also has what is the vein of consumer finance when it comes to being able to buy a home. Also, as a side note, growing up in Arkansas, my father was a builder. He built the house that I grew up in. Actually, the first two houses I lived in for 20 years um, were built by my father. Um, And I remember that experience. And my mother was actually a real estate agent. So you've you've seen somebody who kind of is you know really interested in marketing starts to get a kind of digital underpinning in terms of what i'm excited about and consumer finance and now we're starting to layer on my love of homes right and real estate and building um the next move really was more of an entrepreneurial move I was interested after 20 years of going into something that would look more like a startup if you will and so i did a deeper dive in mortgage once again in housing and consumer finance and technology it was an online platform that allowed people to apply for a mortgage in a digital manner so for instance that's where i would have connected with the big lenders like chase in td on santander what you find is just like ge capital These were private label, meaning they were branded for either Walmart, in this case Chase, and it allowed a customer and a loan officer to connect. So there's, you know, you take a look at the last 20 years, there's a lot of themes here, right? There's the technology, there's the finance, there's the housing, and and those have been pretty consistent, but they've been layering. And so when I got a call and started meeting with um, Glenn, our CEO and founder, with Jeff, our CFO and chief collaboration officer, with Jason, the CEO of Realty, all of a sudden, everything I ever dreamed of and everything I was ever excited about all came together into a company that really has all of those components to it. So it's been a bit of a journey through four different companies, but I, I really feel like I'm at home here.
0: You know, I'm impressed that you actually just sort of put that all in a nice little bow. That was actually a pretty good journey. Um, at in, And you know, it's, it's funny because I, you know, as you know, I was with another company for 15 years. And um, and before that, I was with Deutsche Bank for 10 years. So I was like, like a lifer, right? And so um, when I moved over, I had that same feeling. And it was the sense of, my God, why didn't I know about this five years ago? And it is such a great synergistic um, destination. And especially for you with the background that you've had which has been so vast in so many different sectors, but to your point, where they all really are living in harmony here.
1: It's quite the experience. And that's, I think that's why we're kindred spirits, right? Yes. There's been things that we've been excited about and to come somewhere where we're around people that are really enthusiastic and that are able to help grow a company that is in what I would consider to be the next phase of growth, which is really turbo growth. I really can't think of anything that I'd rather do.
0: Agreed. And you know, what's also interesting is the names that you have with like GE and, and Chase, obviously, and Amazon, they're all really great global companies. Right. And so, you know, the, I've been really blessed with this uh, podcast that I, um, that I started. And, you know, since the, beginning of the year we really have been talking about agents that brand themselves and now i have a branding expert on my show so can you tell me three things that you think an agent should do to brand themselves successfully
1: absolutely this is this is so central to marketing right and i and i think it's something that it, it can be used obviously outside of marketing. I I think brand is something that is inherently important or should be important to all of us. So, you know, if I I look at three things, it may be more than that, but I I will tell you what I think um, is the right way, or at least a way that's worked for me to approach this if you're an agent. I think, you know, one, it's really important to know your brand. If if you were to ask somebody cold, right, where you just grabbed him on the spot and said, okay, what's your brand? That's the sort of question that takes some deep thinking. You may not know that off the top of your head. You have to put some work in, right? So I think the first thing is you need to know your brand and you need to have some real self-awareness around that, right? And I'll explain what that means in a moment. Um, and so the question is then, how do you know your brand? Um, there is an exercise that I have done for a long period of time. It's something that I've learned that I think works pretty much all the time. And here's why. It's, it's simple, right? And anyone can do it. Um, if you want to know what your brand is, what you do is you take about 10 people you know, and you want people that you've known over all stages of your life, whether you were going to you know, grade school with them or college, they're your sister, they're your mom, they're your grandparent, they're a friend, they're someone who works on your team or someone you work for. The key is you want to ask 10 people that will tell you the truth, right? Where it's radical candor, where they feel completely unencumbered To tell you like it is. And all you do is you ask them for one thing. You say, Can you please give me three words that you would use to describe me? Do not give them any context whatsoever, no context whatsoever. And if you do that, and I tend to think it's better to call someone and say, Hey, I've got a question for you. I'm doing, you know, obviously some work on myself, it's an exercise. You know, here's One question I'm going to send you, because if you ask somebody, it's going to feel different, right? They may or may not want to, you know, there's an interviewer, interviewee bias that happens, but doing it via email or a different channel where they can think about it is really important. Now, here's why you do that. When you get those three words back from 10 different people, a few things are going to happen. One, you're going to see some common themes, right? There are going to be some things that like right off the bat, people are associating as characteristics or attributes of you, which is what makes up a brand, right? Inherently, it's the attributes of somebody. It's what people think about you, right? Whether you're in the room or maybe even when you're not in the room, it's what they say about you. And there's a few things that you can do with that, right? I mean, I think first and foremost, it helps you understand what your brand is, right? And it's something you need to embrace and figure out how it It'll add value, not just really to you know yourself and your own awareness, but also it'll add value to the clients that you're trying to attract. the The other thing is really important here is that there may be some attributes that you don't like, right? right. Maybe some things that are just you kind of you kind of kind of cringeworthy, right? I think what you've got to do is you have to understand there's a perception component to brand, and if there's something that comes up and it, and it will from time to time that is at odds with what you think is your true self right then that's something you should address and i'll give you an example um almost across the board every time i've done this exercise or heard somebody introduce or talk about me there's been one kind of phrase or or idea that's come up pretty regularly it's the word energy or catalyst i like to start things i i have a lot of energy and um i people call it a high rpm right I'm, i'm moving pretty quickly now that is really good in the right environments, right? To get people going, to show that you're interested. But at the same time, it can be perceived if I start talking really quickly, right? That I'm jumping the gun, that I'm not listening, right? That I'm not being strategic. So, you know, there's, there's good and bad things to having energy. And I think that's where you start moving into this kind of, you know, you ask me for three things. It's like, okay, know your brand and this is how you can find out embrace the areas of your brand that that you like right that are that are something that works for you and adds value but at the same time you know the third one is if there's things that don't work for you try to find a way to figure out how to incorporate that right like i said if if it comes off that you're being not strategic or you're kind of being extra overwhelming people you got to think about your audience right and you need to work on that if it's really important but i i think at the end of the day You really have to be yourself. You have to be distinctively yourself and really unapologetically yourself. And that really comes with a sense of awareness.
0: You know what I love about that? It's the idea that from a marketing perspective, it's what some of the conversations that I've had in this podcast with many guests. It's the idea that every agent is their own CEO. Another word is the their own brand. And so how do um, we figure out what that is? And so a lot of that is when I start speaking about um, or mentoring uh, agents coming into the business that I've done over the years, it's always the idea because I came from a banking world of having a business plan, of making sure that you have that. And when we start talking about it, the first thing is, why you? What's so special about you? right? There's 1.4 million agents that are part of, the, of NAR in the United States. There's probably about another half a million that are running around not being a part of the, of the National Association of Realtors. And that's just in the U.S. And this is a global podcast. So when you start multiplying that into the millions of people that call themselves a real estate professional around the world, there is that first question of, why you? what is your brand what's your three minute pitch what is that and i love how you actually looked at this first of all i love the term of radical candor i'm like that's that's a new hashtag by the way and and, but it's true it's like you know because we all have our own perception of ourselves right and so it's how do we see each other inwardly but how does everybody else see us and that's the exercise that we don't always do but i also love the other two parts of it embrace the parts that you like and incorporate the ones that are challenging how do you make that work for you so i thought that was amazing i thought that was really great um and you know so i you know i mentioned the the idea of this as 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 a global uh podcast and it's been you know i've been blessed with the fact that this has truly been like a global audience that has found the podcast and 70 and percent of my listeners are actually outside of the united states which is really astonishing yeah. and um you know when you start looking at this as an agent you have so much global experience as well with the other global brands that you've worked with how does an agent attract a global clientele from a marketing point of view in your opinion
1: you know i really like the, the fact that we're talking about this right and, and it's interesting because You know, right now the world is more connected than ever, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you think about, you know, trying to attract a global client base, it's very dependent on the type of business and the and the audience, right? With the clients that you're trying to attract. So, I think about it kind of in three parts. One understanding that you want to attract this target and what and want they what they desire right there was an agent that came to me actually a couple weeks ago and said look and you know i think michael you and i even were, were kind of going back and forth in this on email they wanted to do some translation right so that it would be in the language right. um right. it was in chinese so they could attract different client bases i think it's important to understand how much um language right and culture play a role in that target that you're trying to attract so it's really one knowing what you're going after and how to really give them what they want and desire. Right. Secondly, you know, you need to know what channels are preferred, right? How do you connect with somebody that wants to connect globally and make sure that you really put a, a clear thought process around that. You know, I mean, it's something as simple as understanding time zones, right? You could come off as, it's pretty, um, You you know I would say a little bit rough if if you're trying to contact somebody and work with them across countries if you're talking to them you know at three a.m. in the morning right and I think that's one thing you're really good at you work across the entire globe you've opened up obviously areas and countries what seventy countries now Michael right
0: Um, I actually was I opened seventy personally but there was 113 that I looked after
1: there you go right so so you're you're somebody that has to and has understood how to treat you know, different cultures, how to be sensitive towards what are those differences, right? How to celebrate those differences and how to be thoughtful when it comes to communicating to people in the way they want to be communicated to and the preferred channel, right? I think that's, that's really key there. And and it, it may not be for everybody, right? I mean, that, that is a absolute skill that somebody has to have. And, and it's going to take some time and thinking to get it done right. I, I think third you know we talked a little bit ago you know a moment ago about brand i think you need to then connect your brand right the levels of integrity that you have the trust the fact that you understand cultural differences and that you're trying to embrace what that person truly wants and you need to be able to communicate those to the client so it's you know understand the target market what they want understand the channels and the cultural differences and make sure that you connect the the authentic you know components of your brand with those clients
0: this is such a brilliant conversation. This is why I adore you. It's the idea of looking at an agent as an entity, as a brand. And you know, it's how we have to challenge ourselves. And I always talk about it as your own business, as being the CEO of your own business. But in so many ways, I love the idea of looking at the agent as their own brand, right? Because it's exactly what they are. And when you start looking at the brand, you want to expand globally. So, what's that appeal? And, I, you know, it, it's such a beautiful way to look at it. And the analogy is just extraordinary. I think it's perfect. You're, you're going to be one of the most downloaded episodes I have. I just know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk EXP for a second, our new home. You were hired as the chief marketing officer of our parent company, EXP World Holdings, which oversees both EXP Realty and Verbella. And I know that you have some rebranding in mind and I actually, you know, I jumped the gun before you got here with EXP Global, Uh, but I think we were aligned. Um, But without giving too much away, I wanted to see if you can tell me a little bit about your vision for the company. And we can talk about that as the parent company and how it fits into Verbella and EXP and, uh, and all of that good stuff. What's your vision, young lady?
1: Oh, I lo- I, you know what? This is one <laughs> of my favorite topics. You know, it, I have the honor, uh, you know, when I'm at the EXP World Holdings Company level to be able to be what I would consider to be you know, a shepherd, a, a guide and ambassador for our brands and understand the architecture of how they fit together, right? And if I were to do kind of a, a double click into EXP Realty, um, our, our core business, right, um, something that is so inherently important is the fact that the company is agent-centric. And yep. you know, right? Yep. You're seeing this, right? And and it, and it, it's very, it's more than thematic. I mean, it is really the DNA of the company. And so what I do when I'm at this EXP World Holdings level is what I'm doing is I'm zooming in, right? I'm looking at the different brands and the different companies, understanding how they're complementary, but also understanding how they're different, right? And with, with EXP Realty specifically, there is, um, a major opportunity to connect the brand and evolve this to what is really the modern company that we have today, right? It's a 10 year old company and it's something that has, like I said, it's in the next phase of growth and it's really something special. And what is driving that, that special element, right? That gem, if you will, is the agent. The agent is the gem. And they are the hero brand. I mean, this really, you know, like this, this is really turning out to be a branding conversation, but it's so central what we're talking about. And so I believe that our EXP Realty brand should really support and be complimentary. And the agent brand is hero. And I know, you know, you and I were on a call last week with some folks in Canada, and we were conveying that message, right? That we were agent-centric and that we really wanted to be able to understand how to make that individual's and their company's brand really shine. And I think something special that we can do because of the type of company that we're in we do not focus on just promoting the EXP Realty or any of the EXP brands. It's not what we do. We promote the agents' brand, 100%. right? Absolutely. Working together, right, in tandem, and I spend probably at least 20% of my time, maybe even more, with agents or researching what is most important to agents. So I can say without a doubt, right, that agents are some of, if not the best marketers I've ever worked with. Right? Can we both agree on that one?
0: A hundred percent, especially within this organization, it seems. They're very creative because of the fact that it is agent centric. So they do understand that they are the brand more than with the companies that I came from and the brands that I worked with in the past where the brand was the center and the agent worked for the brand. In this case, we've inverted that equation where the agent is the brand and we're working for them and promoting them.
1: I couldn't have said it better myself. That is, that is absolutely the difference right there is we are not leading with our brokerage brand. We are leading with the agent brand. And so with that comes responsibility. And I, I can tell you one thing that really excites me is that you know, we found a way to be able to work on this modernization of the brand that really engages the entire, I'm talking 31,000 plus agent base. They will have a perspective. They will have a point of view and they will have a voice as we build this brand. And that's something that I have never seen done and I've, something I've never thought actually I'd have the opportunity to do. It's uniquely ours, if you will. And there's a lot of excitement to come around it.
0: There is so much excitement just on everything that's going on, what you're working on, the global expansion, other things that we can't talk about yet. It is a really exciting time to be with this company. I agree. You know, Um, so I have a question. We just talked about the different sectors that you had done in your career and in your life. And you talked about in the beginning how different people come into your life and influence you. I just want to uh, know what the greatest lesson you ever learned in your career.
1: In marketing- let's say brand again. <laughs> brand, yeah. Actually, it, it's somewhat related to that, but not necessarily. Um, <laughs> the greatest lesson I've learned has been something that is is really around, is around humility. Um, and it's about being comfortable with being wrong, like really relishing it and owning and learning it. I think there's something very powerful. And if you think about what you and I do, we're constantly testing and learning, right? And when you test and learn, you are wrong a good portion of the time because you're testing and learning. And I think that's what's key about it is that if you can embrace and get comfortable with being wrong, it's very liberating, right? And I think one of the easiest ways to embrace being wrong and learning from it, right? That's the power of it is surrounding yourself with people like we talked about radical candor that will debate with you, that will disagree with you, right? So that you can get to the best possible solution. And I think that to me, once I realized that I could give myself permission to be wrong, learn and move on and not kind of get stuck into something, um, just because I felt like I had to be right, it really changes the game and the perspective that you have.
0: You know, that it reminds me of that, that quote that, you know, Thomas Edison didn't fail 10,000 times. He just found 10,000 times it didn't work. Right. Exactly. I, it's exactly. so true because it is that 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 sort of steadfast vision that you just have to believe in yourself. But I love that, you know, it, it is that environment and, and you know, not not to just continue to sort of um talk about where, where we work, but I mean it's it's such a it's such an interesting uh dynamic. You know, the other day I had a conversation with um with our founder with Glenn uh Sanford and you know it was something that i thought should have been changed on a global scale that was going to in my opinion interrupt our growth a bit that was happening on the verbella side and i you know just debated my 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 point and um he says you know i can see that i think you're right okay we'll change it and we literally just changed something that was being offered and it was so um it, it was so empowering to me because it was just sort of like, wow, I work in a place where it's truly collaborative, where you actually have a, you know, a point of view that's listened to from the very top. And there's a conversation that's had. And then there's a, there's a decision that's made that's for the good of the company, which is good for everyone. And I love that. And that is, you know, in, 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 and it's not necessarily just being wrong. It's about an idea of, of debate and what's the what's the most right if you will
1: absolutely and glenn is a perfect example of that uh, he oh my god. tries Man. to find the best solution and he doesn't care where it comes from right he really does embody collaboration in and celebrating diversity
0: mm-hmm. absolutely oh my god is that right you know and and uh i want to segue a little bit Um, you know, my grandmother was probably the most influential person in my life. And she was a single mother because my grandfather passed away before I was born. And, you know, I always appreciated very strong women around me and in my life. And it's been a huge influence for me. And, you know, I always connect with, with very strong women, which I think that's why I have such a strong kinship with you. And Housing Wire named you one of their women of influence and i'd love for you to speak about how you mentor others because you do it so beautifully to ensure that that door remains open behind you because i know that you've done that tirelessly even in the short time that i've known you
1: well thank you for that you know i think there's you know the way you make people feel right people don't forget that and and you really want to lift people up i think one of the the key ways of doing this is, is one you got to listen to people right you have to help them help them find the right answer and it isn't necessarily by giving them the solution right because you know the difference between kind of say a mentor right and a coach there there are are nuances here right a mentor can actually kind of help you get the answer and maybe even give you some suggestions right a coach is not going to give you the answer right they're just trying to guide you through that so there there's a difference between the two and there's even a third one which is an advocate right Which is out there, that's the person when you're not even in the room that's saying, you know what, you gotta listen to this person, you gotta hire this person. And I I think it's important to be able to be coach, mentor, and advocate, right? Depending on the relationship. Um, one of the reasons this is so important to me, it's because of my biggest pain point. Um, it hurts my heart when I see somebody that's left out or marginalized. Mm -hmm. It's something that kind of stops me, and I think you feel the same way, dead in my tracks, right? Yes. Yeah and I, I find it unacceptable, and when I see that, I rectify the situation, right? It's something to me that is absolutely fundamental, how you treat people, Um. you know, and while we're on the topic of Glenn, Glenn is extremely good at doing that as well, you know, I, I can say since I've joined, and I've been here for about six, seven weeks, there's been times where, you know, I've been in a meeting, and I've been thinking about something, and, you know, maybe I've, maybe I've been a little hesitant, you know, I'm new, I'm still trying to kind of learn here, and, Several times he's either pinged me or said in the meeting, Courtney, you know a lot about this. What do you think, right? He, he, what he's trying to do is make sure that he's giving me permission, and encouraging me and setting me up to have a point of view because when you're new, it takes you a moment to kind of, kind of find your place, you know, to get your beat. And I think that's what I want. I, I really value that about him, but it's something, Michael, I see you do. And it's something that I strive to do, which is encouraging people to have a voice And it does make a difference. You
0: know, I I don't think anyone's ever sort of explained it as eloquently as that. Because we use those terms so interchangeably, right? Mentor, coach, and advocate. And to really sort of give definition to the three and to really understand the nuances that do exist with those three, it's it's really true. You know, it was so funny. It was, um, I interviewed Glenn for this podcast uh, a couple of months ago. And I interviewed him and, and when I was uh, introducing him, I said, you know, it was my new boss. I was just recently hired. And he corrected me in, in, the, in the podcast as we were conversing. And he said, Michael, you know, I'm not your boss. I'm actually your coach. And, um, and we learn from one another and there are things that i'll that i'll learn from you and there's things you're going to learn from me and that's how we do it here and it was such a such a beautiful sentiment and you know and it's it's something that's lived and it's um it's something that's really very special because it's so rare
1: yeah he he's a very evolved leader and i've never met anyone like him
0: yeah agreed And so, you know, you've accomplished a lot in your career, but I also know that you are a loving stepmother and wife, and I'm wondering how you balance that work-life responsibilities. I know you're on the West Coast. When I I wake up, I'm always cognizant of those time zones because I wake up early. So, you know, you don't hear from me until my mid-morning, but you wake up early as well and you do some wonderful balance in, in, in your life. And I'm just curious how that works for you.
1: You know, I, I if I had to give myself, you know, a kind of a rating on work-life balance, um, I would say not great. And <laughs> I'm just just to be, you know, really really honest about it because it's hard. And and I don't know if, if you can balance work and life. I think you can. I think you can work, and but something's always winning, right? You're always kind of having to make a a compromise or or figure out what's really important. And there was a woman at um, GE was a cio her name was charlene bagley and she used to use this analogy and it's not it, it wasn't hers she learned it for somebody else but she said you know there are balls right there are balls that you drop and some of them bounce and there are balls that you drop and they're crystal and they break and she said and the analogy here is you know you maybe you missed dinner once right that's a ball that you know if, if it'll bounce back up you'll have another dinner right she said but there are other moments like you know, your child's first play, right? Or the first basketball that they make. She said, "Or these are crystal moments. And she's like, you've got to make sure that you don't drop the crystal balls, right? And that was her analogy, right? That she shared with me about how do you get this done? How do you really prioritize what's important? And the key is being able to understand the difference between the two.
0: I don't think I've ever heard a more beautiful analogy because I love that it's it's really easy to sort of get that right you have a whole bunch of balls in your hand some of them are made of rubber and some of them are made of glass and crystal and so you need to sort of make sure that you're dropping the ones that will bounce, and you'll get a second chance at it because it won't break and i i love that analogy i'm gonna i'm gonna use that one
1: <laughs> it's it, interesting until you asked me that question i actually hadn't remembered that it was it was a go- it was a good memory and that's that's one benefit I, I've had from having, you know, different mentors in my life that, you know, the ones that really that got it and were trying to explain to me that, you know, there are gonna be times when your family wins and there's gonna be times when your work wins, right? And sure. it's really around, you know, it may be less around balance and more around prioritization and understanding, like you said, the difference between a rubber ball and a crystal ball. And And right now, you know, given where we are in this pandemic and the fact that, you know, you and I are trying to find, you know, the difference is there. We're trying to make sure that we're delivering at work, delivering in our personal life. And I think the key for me right now is I'm trying to just give myself a break, right? I'm not going to get it right all the time. This is, you know, people are under tremendous amount of stress right now, and tomorrow's another day. And, you know, an example of this is, you know, sometimes I will really beat myself up if I don't get to have some fitness like, oh man, you know, what am I doing here? So, you know, here's one example of, you know, I don't know if this is balanced or not, but this is at least me trying to incorporate something that's, you know, good for myself. You know, RJ Jones? Sure. Yesterday we were talking, I don't know, it was like maybe five or six, and we were in World and I said, you know, RJ, can I call you back? And he said, sure. And I called him on a cell phone and I was on my treadmill and I said, you know, I'm just gonna walk while we're having this call. I haven't been moving around today. And I, I think, you know, it's one little example, but I think Michael, you know, I consider us friends, right? And I, I consider, you know, RG and I are friends. And I think if you can find people that you work with, one, that you're friends with, you're going to have a good time. But at the same time, you're going to be able to have some flexibility in terms of how honest you are with each other, right? And how you can share kind of where you are and you can create some, you know, better moments of, of balance or, or at least prioritization if, if you've got friends like that at work that'll help support you and get you through your day when you're having a hard one.
0: And you, and you know what you have to remember that there's also us in that equation right when we start thinking about work and family there's also us it's the relationship with us that we need to sort of do because it's that old you know analogy that you have to put on your mask first on a plane before helping somebody else right absolutely and it's that idea that you know if 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 you if you don't you know and and you know you start thinking about it culturally, right? Because in 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 a Latin family, nobody would ever sort of think of putting their mask on if you have a small child with you. And okay. I've actually spoken on in in many large rooms of um, with NAREP, for example, which is the National Association of Hispanic Real Estate Professionals, and I sit on their board. And I've said this story before, and you know, and 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 culturally, it would be that our first instinct in in, in a Latin community is to. Uh, put that mask on, you know that that three-year-old child first, and then I always do the analogy of what happens if then you know the mask drops because there's a a a uh, um, there's 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 not enough oxygen on the plane, and so if you put the mask on that three-year-old child and you pass out, have you done that child a favor?
1: No, absolutely right? not. It's, it's 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 that plane analogy. It really works, right?
0: It really does. It's the, uh, and you sort of see the, the, the room sort of like just shifting because they've never thought about it that way. And it's not a selfish act. It's a selfless act to put that mask on yourself first because you're no good to anyone else until you're good for yourself first.
1: It's such a good life lesson. It really is.
0: You know, it's so true. And, it's a, and sometimes you gotta remind yourself of that because you forget to put the mask on yourself first.
1: <laughs> you do, you do. I, I might need to make a little post-it note for myself. <laughs> I put,
0: put your mask I'll, keep, I'll keep sending you the emails because you and I talk about five, five times a day. I love it.
1: And it's probably more important now than ever considering how many masks we have to wear, right? That's so true.
0: Yeah, what happens now if you're on the plane and the mask drops? You take your mask off first and put that mask on now. You to
1: double that. Issue. Oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about that.
0: I haven't thought about that either until you just brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I found out about you when I was doing a little bit more research? How philanthropic you are. And I know that you're involved with Big Brothers, Big Sisters, which I love, you know, we started talking about those things that um, people that are um, sometimes forgotten, right? And so um, I'd love for you to tell me a little bit more about that, because I love that and 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 other of your philanthropic efforts.
1: Thank you. I, yeah. And I think about when I'm trying to add value, um, you know, I've always found myself drawn to mentorship, right? Um, Mm -hmm. In the case of big brothers, big sisters, you know, the role I had was was a little bit different than, you know, what you might think, because, you know, typically it's associated with obviously having a little brother, a little sister. At that point in my career, and even, you know, even now when things start kind of ramping back up, I was traveling to the extent, you know, maybe like 60, 70% of the time where it was hard for me to be able to play that role for me to be able to have that relationship. And, but I wanted to be involved. I was very passionate about the fact that this made a difference. And this is an example where, you know, sometimes you feel like if if you can't, if you, if you don't have the time, you can't do anything. And that's actually not true. What I had to do is I had to reframe how I could be involved with that organization. And in the case of big brothers, big sisters, one thing that I'm good at is, is I'm good at getting money. And, and we, I mean that because you think about people that are in marketing, right, and how they need to get resources and how they need to, you know, work through their entire plan. So part of that is being able to create a business case and raise money. So the the big role I played there is I was head of the auction. So what I would do is I would go around and I would find different institutions that were willing to donate, right? And help people think through how they might raise money for that institution. So, you know, even though it may not have been the traditional role you would think about having, like I said, a little brother, a little sister, it's about trying to apply the skills that you have to something that you're passionate about, even if it may not be exactly what you think it's going to be. And, you know, being able to raise that money allowed for more people to be part of that organization and help more people. So it's something I was proud of.
0: I love that. I mean, you know, listen, it's it's how you you get there, right? It's where your strengths are, and at the end of the day, you're still helping what that cause is in the best way and the best value you can offer to them. So, I I, I love that. It 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 is that idea of of working in in that capacity. So, uh, kudos to you. you. I have one final question, and I ask a lot of my guests this question, and mostly they cringe but that's why I like to ask. Um, <laughs> what would you like your legacy to be?
1: It is, it's such a powerful question, right? And it's it's a really deep on an emotional level. And part of it is in, in, in my legacy and what I want it to be, it has to do a little bit more with, you know, another pain point of mine. Um, unrealized potential mm. is one of the, I would say, the saddest, right, kind of the most depressing. Like, really, it's something, like I said, you could even tell my energy level changed when I thought about this concept of unrealized potential. Um, My legacy would be where there is potential that may not be recognized, that I could help somebody recognize it, whether it's a business, whether it's a person. But the idea, like I said, that that opportunity would be missed and I could have an impact in changing the trajectory of it, that would be what I want my legacy to be.
0: I think that's such a beautiful statement and it's you know it, it's what you do naturally in the short period of time that we've known each other I swear to you it was the, since that first phone call it was like we were we never got that period of stranger it was always like it was like oh look I got a new friend and, exactly. <laughs> and it, it's such a rare um, occurrence to sort of have that instant connection with somebody and It was truly one of those things that I felt with you. And you are such an incredible spirit, Courtney, and and something that I I, I just cherish the friendship that we're building. I love that I get to work with you every day. And I am so thankful that we had this conversation today. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Michael. I am equally as grateful for, for our friendship and, and the fact that coming to work and, and being able to work for you, it really does make this fun. And I, I'm excited to take this journey with you.
0: And it, it, it's just fun doing it together. And it, it's it's so much fun. And I, um, I, I, I'm loving the journey. And I thank you again. And I thank all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. I would invite you all to visit our website at www.glrem.com. Thank you again.